0: The Holy Gospel for this special day in the life of our church is found in the gospel according to Saint John, the first chapter, beginning with the first verse. John writes, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last Sunday, when many of us gathered in the courtyard here at St. Mark's for a service of prayers for our nation, it felt like one of those moments that was filled with God. As Celtic Christians would say, it felt like a thin space where the division between spirit and matter could not be discerned. George MacLeod, who helped form the present-day Iona community in Scotland, says that moments like that disclose to us a thinness that is everywhere present, but that we often fail to see or to experience. The veil that divides heaven and earth, he says, is as thin as gossamer. For me, the word that came to mind as we gathered that morning was incarnation, which takes me even deeper into the mystery and the beauty of life's oneness. For Christians like McLeod, it begins with the creation story that we heard today, which they often call the first incarnation, uh, or the first moment when God became one with the physical universe. That first incarnation was very real for me last Sunday when I looked at the courtyard where we were gathered. We rarely hold worship services there, but it truly is a sacred space because God is embedded in the matter of that place, the matter that comes together to form trees and bushes and rocks and flowers and water and even in the structures formed by human hands. It calls to mind the sacredness of every space where you and I have worshiped and prayed over these last 16 months. Throughout that time, I have been touched so often by the pictures that so many of you have shared of the worship spaces in your homes. Yes, those rooms are ordinary living spaces, where you eat and rest and work and play. But God's holy presence embedded in them makes them sacred space. And we've all been given new ways, I think, to see and appreciate that. In his own eloquent way of describing this first incarnation, Richard Rohr says, I believe God loves things by becoming them. God loves things by uniting with them, not by excluding them. Through the act of creation, he says, God manifested the eternally outflowing divine presence into the physical and material world. Ordinary matter, he goes on to say, is the hiding place for spirit, and thus the very body of God. Sometimes we discover that deep truth in the places where we spend most of our time. And I think that may be one of the most important gifts that God gave to us during COVID is to see those places where we were sheltered even as sacred places, even as sanctuaries. But during those long months of isolation, I think we have also come to know that truth about sacred space through the longing in our hearts for places that mean so much to us that were a part of a world beyond where we could travel or visit. Not being able to go there, I think has made us aware of how much they mean to us, how sacred they really are. And now as things slowly open up, we're starting to feel that flood of emotion that comes whenever we are able to step back into those places, where the division between heaven and earth is as thin as gossamer. Whether those places are indoors or outdoors, the feeling can be just as strong. They matter to us because they are filled with God. So when you have the chance now, as things open up more to, to enter them again, maybe for the first time in, in a long time, let that awareness just fill you with new gratitude and let the presence of God that's there flow into you and through you I think it's the kind of renewal that every one of us needs and God is here to give it freely and when I say us I am drawn with joy into the truth of what the gospel today calls the second incarnation really St. John talks about the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. After affirming that all things came into being through that word that was present at the beginning of creation, then John talks about this incarnation, this word becoming flesh and living among us now. And that's the second reason why that gathering last Sunday in our courtyard and all others like it are so full of god because flesh and blood human beings were there to experience god in each other like the revelation of god in jesus in person or embodied presence is not the only way that god is made known to us but it is a connection that goes i think to the very core of our human existence we are corporal beings that's how God has made us and that's how God chose to be one with us in Jesus who started out life as we do embodied in the womb in his case of a young woman named Mary no wonder we have all felt such loss over these last 16 months loss of opportunities to be together in person with people who are dear to us out of care for each other we've chosen new ways to interact and to stay connected and it's been a part of God's creative spirit among us but those ways have not taken the place of a soft touch on the cheek or a kiss or an embrace or a hand to wipe away a tear if we've been able To give or receive any of those things, or if we have missed them in ways that have touched us to the core of our being, then we know again how sacred they truly are. Thankfully things are beginning to change for us in this little corner of the world right now, and I'm hearing stories every day of what it feels like to have that vital part of our humanity restored. Each little touch, I believe, is a part of the oneness that God is restoring to us through the word that became flesh. In his letter to the Ephesians that we heard today, St. Paul assures us that God's plan to be carried out in the fullness of time is to bring all things in heaven and on earth together in Christ. In other words, what we are experiencing in seemingly small things here is part of a much bigger story of God's renewal of the whole human family. We all know how divisive these last 16 months have been in our nation and in our world. And I think we come to this place now along the way wondering what it will take to to break the spell of that going forward. According to John Philip Newell, who was a great follower of George McLeod, who I mentioned earlier, what will break that spell is something as incarnational as a kiss. He likens us to sleeping beauty. And he asks, how is the beauty of life's essential harmony to be reawakened now? How is the curse of the spiteful divisions that have paralyzed us To be redeemed then remembering God's love in Christ he says we live in a moment of grace right now through the hedges of our divisions we are beginning to glimpse again the beauty of life's oneness we are beginning to hear in a way that humanity has never heard before the essential harmony that lies at the heart of the universe and we are beginning to understand that we will be well to the extent that we move back into relationship with one another. The time is right, he says, and it is only love that has the power to reawaken what has been paralyzed in our hearts. And then he says it is only the kiss of compassion that can remember the beauty of our oneness. With deep gratitude for that word of hope for all of us and for the sheer beauty of our oneness this day, I say thanks be to God. Amen.